Welcome to Beer Plus Three, where we attempt to solve the world's problems one beer at a time. I'm Jeff Swatman. I'll be your anchor this evening. With us for the weather is Rick Anderson. Hello. And doing a special report for PAX Prime in Seattle is Mike Zamora. It's August 29th, and we are Beer Plus Three. Beer Plus Three. We are. Living up to our name. Well, we're only two right now. So Mike got to um, I'm PAX. probably two. <laughs> yeah, I got we'll count the dog as one. Yeah, that's um, okay. So Mike Mike got there today in the morning. Is that? Yeah, he was there uh, lined up. It, it, I don't know if you saw the picture on uh, online. Oh, no. no, I didn't. On FriendFace. Oh, yeah, there's oh, yeah, a picture. Yeah, yeah. I did. I didn't and they're basically those. lined up outside the convention center, and that's how it is every day. It's just this huge sea of people. Yeah. And the convention center opens. We all just file in until we are able to amble about. Yeah. So PAX is mainly like um, it's. Is it mainly about uh, like role playing games and, no, and that kind it's, of thing? No, it's it's. If I know this correctly, PAX started out with uh, the guys that run Penny Arcade. They're uh, they have a comic online, oh, oh, yeah, and yeah. they have a kind of a community, and they've really started to expand that. They started. They've have expand that into an entire kind of the mini corporation, really. Yeah. Yeah, and now that this PAX thing is expanded to. God, how many do they put on a year? Let's see. There's two in Seattle. There's PAX Dev and then PAX Prime. Oh, PAX was originally in Seattle because they're from, uh, I guess, around here. Yeah. Uh, it started in their garage like ten years ago, and uh, they mm. just, you know, just them with a bunch of friends getting together, and they just got bigger and bigger and bigger. Huh. Well, now it's uh, in Australia. It's uh, PAX Boston. PAX East was the kind of the first expansion they did. Then it huh. went to Australia, and now it's in San Antonio, Texas. Wow, that's cool. So. It's everywhere now. So what if if you're not a gamer though, let's say you're not a hardcore gamer, what would be I mean, is there stuff there that's uh, interesting for people who aren't into No. no. <laughs> it, it's the whole fucking point of the thing, man. No, I meant it's if you're the not entire Oh, no, 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 no hold on. I meant the uh, I I phrased that wrong. Sorry. That did sound really dumb. If uh, if you're not a gamer, would it be interesting <laughs> to go to a gaming convention? No, I meant uh gamer as in like the traditional the the D&D type game. If you're not no, into it's, that. No, it's really for uh it was I think originally it was for uh Video games. It was all oh. about video games. Yeah. And it really still is. Yeah. It's, it's all about video games, um, but they've, uh, it's, it has a huge section for tabletop gaming as well. Everything from Magic the Gathering to D&D hmm. to Pathfinder to Cards Against Humanity. Excuse See, me. I had it the other way around. My, Alex has been asking me if she could go. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling her, you know, I think this is more oriented to role-playing games mm-hmm. and D&D and things like no, that. No, no, no. Really? No, it's huge. Okay, so I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you, oh, speaking of. I get to go back and tell my daughter that I'm wrong. I love I love doing that. Speaking of packs, they're just inundating my phone. Yeah. And I don't think I'm going to read these because it's just a bunch of bullshit about packs. So it started off as, with an emphasis on games, so then the other stuff just kind of came in. Well, and I think it, it was an overall gaming experience because, yeah. I mean... Uh, I know not everybody, but like myself, I love games no matter what they are. I love, I, I don't watch sports, but I love playing sports. Not yeah. all of them, because baseball is a boring piece of shit. But, 
<laughs> it is. Just, it's uh, one of the most boring fracking games. That's on the only. Planet. That's really one of the few sports I can watch and actually enjoy. Oh, so. really? Oh, yeah. I don't it's, know. It's it's literally watching like eight guys in the field just stand there until somebody hits a ball to them. But isn't that basically all games? I mean, you're basically standing there watching a group of guys. Yeah, but fighting at least, over a ball. The, at least, hopefully they're fighting. These guys aren't even fighting. One of them's throwing <laughs> a ball really hard at another one that has a bat. He hits it. It may go out. It may stay in. So and you're then somebody for... throws the ball at him, yeah. but then somebody else catches it. Yeah. Doesn't even hit him. And somebody else catches it. Yeah. And they can't even beat the shit out of him with it. So you're it. looking for full contact baseball. I'm looking, I'm looking for, yes, I'm looking for uh, violence, at least want, in some way, shape, or form. You want broken bones and missing mm-hmm. teeth. and okay. Exactly. I will admit, I think baseball would actually benefit from that if they could get that going mm-hmm. with a little more, little more I always, I always more. love to tell people who are really into like professional football. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, I don't know. Until they give the quarterback a pistol, I don't give a shit. <laughs> he should be able to shoot the guys coming at him. <laughs> if he can. <laughs> It'd be like Space Invaders. They're kind of going back and, and forth. And then like he, he fumbles. Yeah. What are you going to go for? The ball or the pistol? Ha! Ah, gotcha. There you go. It adds a whole new dimension to it. <laughs> Completely to an otherwise, new dimension. Yeah, you never did give game. me the uh, other uh, topics, so I'll probably... I'm just going to go over... Uh, oh. We watched a movie called All Cars Go to Heaven by the cast of the Smoking Tire podcast. Uh, Smoking Tire podcast was founded in 2009. Apparently... Uh, I think his name's Alex, or uh, I, I can't remember the uh, main oh, the guy's main, name. Uh, Matt? Oh, Matt. Well, you're right, Matt. Fair it's Matt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he actually owns a garage or of some sort, and yeah. he, they're all really into cars. Uh, however, clearly. not, but... Clearly. Like, yeah. all, all the discussion was kind of going over my head. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, it didn't go over I, my head. I understood what they were saying, but oh, it was just either. like, mm, yeah. <laughs> I... <laughs> My dad tried to teach me all about cars, so I know all the lingo. I yeah. just fucking hate it. My dad insisted that I learn about cars when I was young, and I, I, I just always rejected it. He didn't retain it. anything? <laughs> no, yeah. I always used to go out and watch him, and, and it was, uh, it was this, he insisted that I was going to need this knowledge when I got older. Mm-hmm. And my attitude was always, I'm going to get a, a job that pays well. So I can pay other people to do this because I hate it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've never been into cars at all. Oh. I mean, I'm not even into cars in the sense of, in the sense of it being like, um, like I don't even care what mine looks like. I don't even care if I have a cool car, or if it's you know fun or interesting. Mm-hmm. It's just not. I've never given a shit about cars. So yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it was our our parents' generation but, thought that that yeah. was important. <laughs> but we'll we'll discuss the the movie, quote unquote. When do we get there? Yeah. <clears throat> Our topics, as far as I know, it's the first game we fell in love with. Video games is mainly what we're talking about. Uh, we're not talking about, you know, shoots and ladders. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, also, uh, uh, will we ever have another Star Wars, the impact of the movie itself on the cultural landscape of our uh, our little country here? Yeah. And then, of course, we've already started talking about packs. I don't know what uh, you wanted to bring up. I would um, like to bring up this beer real quick before uh, we thought, get too deep. Yeah, I just thought some of the childhood stuff about gaming was uh, would be kind of interesting to talk about. I, I had some, uh, actually, some uh, exchanges with a friend of mine on Facebook in private about about some mm-hmm. old memories about video games and stuff. So it kind of brought to mind some stuff. But one of the things I've been meaning to bring up as a topic on this podcast, and I keep forgetting it, 
is the, uh, I don't know if you read that article online about TSR, the early days of TSR and Gary Gygax and how he was running out of the company. I read a bit of it. I didn't yeah. read all of it. It's I a read. really interesting read. It is really interesting. It's, oh, it's, and how, uh, how it got thieved away from him, well, basically? Even, even, I think that's probably the best article that goes through the whole, the origins of the company. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, I guess they started off as, in uh, Lake Geneva in, I think it was Wisconsin. Yeah. And it was like a, um, God, I wrote it down because I can't remember. They, they, I guess wow, there were, I guess there were these uh, war war gaming groups back then that used to they used to talk about you know how to how to simulate war mm-hmm. on it you know in, in in that kind of setting and um, there was a group called the Lake Geneva Tactical Studies War Gaming Group so it's the Tactical Studies Rules was TSR that's where they got that from oh I didn't even know that so they were into this little group and I guess Gary Gygax just started off as a I'm just going to start writing up rules for like medieval adventuring. And so they, uh, he just started writing these things up and distributing it to these group of people, and everybody was like, "Oh, wow, this is really cool!" Mm-hmm. And they started like, and people started contributing things, and he paired up with you know other people who were into this, and so yeah. that became some of the early employees of TSR. Oh, that's funny. And it started taking off, and um, I guess um, it was very obscure for a while until there was an incident where a, I guess, a college student in Wisconsin disappeared, and when they went to look through all of his stuff, they found some D and D. Um, books and some some early stuff like that, and so somebody had theorized that well, maybe he got into this so much that he went off adventuring and got lost or <laughs> got killed. Yeah, I know. And um, wow. I guess that was like the first big publicity that uh, TSR got. And I guess after that point, they took off, and that was where they started to become a really big company because they were all over the news and people, mm-hmm. you know, became kind of sensationalized. I guess, but um, yeah, I guess uh, some of his early business partners disagreed with his ideas. I guess uh, originally he liked the idea of letting every employee retain ownership of their own stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you wrote the monster manual, that's yours. You get all the royalties from it, mm-hmm. and you get to retain ownership and copyrights on it. And he, he made, I guess he maintained that attitude of if you contribute something, uh. it's yours. And so as it became a bigger company, the shareholders that they eventually had and some of his early business partners who were a little more money-minded, I guess, disagreed mm-hmm. with his idea. So they got together in one of the shareholder meetings in 1985 and basically told him, we, we're, buying, we're pretty much buying you out. <laughs> Hostile takeover. Yeah, we're voting you out of the company. And so that was, that was sort of the end of his time there. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, the, the whole thing is just really interesting. I mean, you look at TSR and you think it's just one of those little geeky companies that was full of happy people, and you just don't picture it being like in a boardroom and all this corporate Well, type stuff yes happening. and no. I mean, that's yeah. it's one of the reasons why I think Jackson Jackson Games bought it out in the 90s. Yeah. The, I think uh, one of Peter Jackson, I think his name's Peter. What was his name? Something Jackson. Yeah. Um, from Jackson Games, I think when they bought uh, TSR. Yeah. Uh, essentially, because f- they were failing hardcore, and, and yeah. Jackson Games was getting bigger and bigger at the time. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think one of their goals was to kind of bring D and D back to to the gamer, and you know, what year was that? Do you remember? God, I don't remember what year. It was like mid, early to mid nineties, I think. Okay, Maybe yeah, that's mid to late. I don't. There was something in the toward the end of the article about them finally, you know, yeah. selling off the yeah. So that was um yeah. Jackson Games is the one that, and they came out with a bunch of card games back then. Yeah. I love GURPS. They're the ones that came out with GURPS. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played system. that. Yeah, I've played that before. Yeah, it that's was great. It was so much fun. Yeah. So much fun to play because yeah. you could do anything with it, and that's what I enjoyed of it. But, yeah. you know, and that that's something that PAX does is is that uh, they take all of these, even small, tiny gaming companies, and invite them in. Uh, they have the PAX 10 every year, which is, uh, of course, a play on sporting event. Yeah. Uh, whatever is professional or not, mm-hmm. um, they uh, they they basically take ten indie games and highlight them. 
you know, and oh, that's kind of cool. out there. And so you have everybody a lot of at indie studios like uh, Undead Labs right out of Seattle. Yeah, uh, they're kind of an indie studio. They were, they are, or were backed by Microsoft at one point, but oh. they might not be right now. I don't know. Interesting. But I play one of their games, or their only game, as far as I know, State of Decay. It's a, it's a fun. <laughs> Uh, zombie game, yeah. Um, but you know, and that's that's what PAX is all about. It's just experimenting with new games and yeah. all kinds of new games. Yeah, and of course, EA is there, and all the big Microsoft and all the big studios are there, including uh, what is it, Nintendo and all that stuff. Yeah, all those guys are there. Yeah. So wow, that's cool. Yeah. So that's I I didn't picture it having a lot of mainstream sort of companies there mm-hmm. being represented. So that's that's interesting. Um, so when you go, though, you do a lot of actual gaming, like a lot of D&D playing, right? Like some of the... If it was up to me, that's all I'd fucking do there. <laughs> but my wife is with me, and then Mike was with me last year, so I couldn't really do a lot of it. Emilia doesn't doesn't want to do... She doesn't mind doing it like once. Oh, okay. So but it's more of a... That, okay, it's time to move on. Let's do something else. <laughs> I would probably be like that, too. <laughs> but uh, no, and, and and she's right. I mean, there's so much to do there. Mm-hmm. Why not go stand in line and try to play your favorite? You know what what the game you're excited to play. Like I know Bioware is going to be there with uh, Dragon Age Dragon Age Inquisition, which is the mm-hmm. basically Dragon Age three. It's an RPG. I played the most of the first one and the entirety of the second one, and they're just wonderful RPGs on your video yeah. game. And they're going to be there, so we might be able to play that. And I know my wife is going to be all about that. Yeah. So you know, and there's, and I I really like one of my experiences like last year. The first year we waited in a lot of lines, and it's like fucking Disneyland to play video games there. It's ridiculous. You have to wait in line for sometimes an hour and a half to play no. fifteen minutes worth of a game. No fast pass. No fast pass here, <laughs> unless you're part of the group. Yeah. Um, and last year, I, I ended up sitting down and playing a lot of the different card games and board games, and yeah. and it was much more fun to interact with other people and play those games because yeah. I had never played a lot of them, and I got to interact with other people, and it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, so. yeah, it's cool. So video games. Here's a, I'll, I'll I'll pull off a mic type seg here. Oh yeah. So what was the first video game you fell in love with? Uh, you know what? When you brought that up this morning, I was yeah. kind of walking around the casino and. I'm trying to trying to figure out what what exactly, because you know I, my dad got the Atari like in 1979 or 78 yeah. whenever it came out, yeah. and it was basically Pong at that time. And the very next game that came out was, uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, Space Invaders. Yeah, yeah was yeah. pretty much the next big title that came out. There was other ones, but yeah, because I think they had an Olympics one that was basically Pong. Oh, there was a over lot of, and over yeah, again the in different early, ways. Yeah, the early yeah. Atari ones. Were yeah, pretty it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, the, we played the shit out of the Olympics one anyway. Yeah, because it was hockey. No, yeah. it was Pong with little goddamn it's little brackets on the screen, <laughs> and then it would be like it's basketball. No, it's Pong with smaller brackets on the screen. So, <laughs> but the first game that I really just went nuts for. Yeah, and it's. Fun funny because it's the one game I never owned on Atari. Yeah. I owned even the shittiest game, which I think was E.T. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I owned uh, quite a few games, oh. but this one I never really owned. Yeah. And Pitfall, for oh, me, yeah. was, that just turned me around. Yeah. Turned me on to video games forever and ever and ever and ever. Uh, and I, that's really what it comes down to, is Pitfall. The, the, the very, uh, granted, there was only like six screens, and the, it just the, the last 
four are just the repeat of the two first, you know, <laughs> over always, and over yeah. again, but a conglomeration of different stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, that was it, Activision's first really big. Hit. I mean, that put them on yeah. the map. They were around before that, and they had a lot of oh, little absolutely. sort of under the radar kind of. They, they had like a lot a of those little handheld little goddammits. Uh, like I have a bunch of them. They, they oh, Activision did oh, a lot of the oh, handheld yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, gaming, like you know the little uh, specs on the screen. Yeah, and that was your football yeah. team, and you go. I still have a couple of those out in the garage. I, ha- they- I have like four of those things. <laughs> one of them is kind of a mastermind one. I, and I wish I still had Merlin. Merlin. That's the one I, I want. remember Merlin, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, if I was to limit it to the Atari type games of the consoles, it would probably be Adventure. Was the first game oh, that I really that great game? Yeah, it was. That was like uh, I could I could play that thing for hours. I can't I've believe actually how much recently my... played. You can go online right now and play it for free. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there... I I played the shit out of it too. Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I listened to Ready Player One. Yeah, I I, I read uh, Ready Player One. I don't know if you ever read it. No, great great book. Go and read it. It's completely nostalgic, just like that. Yeah. It but it takes place like forty years in the future. Um, and uh, it's it's just a great freaking book. Ready Player One. It's just a one shot. It's not a series or anything like that. Oh, it's a one shot book. Good. And I don't know if I can handle another seven, oh, I know. seven books in a row. Serieses drive me freaking nuts. Yeah. And you know, but yeah. anyway. that's neither here nor there. But Red, Ready Player One's great. Yeah. But I I ended up reading Ready Player One, and it was like God. I got really nostalgic for a lot of these old games. So I looked them up online. Yeah. I'm like, Dig Dug. Adventure. <laughs> I'm like just playing the shit out of these games, and my daughter, she, I think she was maybe two, maybe three at the time, yeah. and she would come over and sit on my lap, and you know, I'd show her how to play it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun. We, um, I, I, you can get the like the uh, the emulator, you know, like Mame and things like that. I think that's what it's called. Oh, you can just buy the controller, the Atari controller online. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. just it has all the games in it. Yeah, but um, I, I, I got those for the, I got that for the Atari and for all the arcade games. Oh, and I was really? downloading like a lot of Set the ROMs. And all that stuff. I can give them to you if you want them. Yeah, um, but uh, it's funny. Mason would look at them, you know, and he was like, a, he was really into Mario. And I said, "Do you want to see the first game Mario was really a part of?" And I showed him oh, Donkey, Kong. Donkey Kong. Yeah, and he fell in love with that. He played it for a while. But um, it's funny to watch a, a kid from this era play games from that era because they they love it for a little while, and then it's like. <sighs> This is just the same, same thing. thing. Oh, <laughs> no. It's like it is, but that's as good as it got back then. So that's what we, you know, and, and it was that was state of the art back then. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, Bally's had come out with those huge cabinets, and we'd sit in front of them for yeah, twenty five yeah. cents a pop sometimes, yeah. and but, uh, go and, and go and, and go. And for the arcade, um, I think the first game I really fell in love with was, um, and Donkey Kong was the second, but the first one I ever fell in love with it was a game called um, Radar Scope. You ever hear of that? Radar scope. It's Nintendo's first game, their first stand or their first uh, arcade game, and it was basically like a, um, like a, like they they had the idea to rip off Space Invaders, mm-hmm. but they wanted to, it was like you could tell somebody wanted to take that idea and really make it cool. So what they did was they kind of angled the whole thing in as if you were looking up at the sky, and they tried to do a 3D effect where the ships got smaller up as they went up. Oh, and as they came down, it would do they, like they a most likely use like mirrors and, and yeah. Oh, I don't and know. The I'm screen not... was probably yeah. Yeah, might, maybe maybe that's how they did it. Um, I never really thought to question it, but um, it was it was a really cool game because it was a lot more complicated than Space Invaders. They would actually leave the fleet and dive at you and fire at you, kind of like Galaxian. Yeah, and occasionally uh, one ship would drop and he it would drop bombs, and the bombs would come down kind of slow, and you'd have time to shoot them. If you didn't shoot them, it would come down and hit the ground, and you had like a damage meter at the bottom that would slowly oh, start funny. ticking down. 
and That's it was a, awesome. it was an awesome game. And I played it. I got it on the emulator and was able to play it again after mm-hmm. all these years. And it was it was actually still just as cool. <laughs> I mean, it was a fun game, and I was Very really cool. really fascinated with it as a kid. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was Nintendo's first game. They, I guess they were a card company and decided to branch out and try to do video mm-hmm. games. And that was their that was their first effort. And they're the ones that really replaced Atari after the the, yeah, the yeah. entire debacle of ET and a lot of that stuff that just. <sighs> It was inundated the market with just crap, and Atari, unfortunately, Atari that, that that history is kind of repeating itself now. It's a little just bit. The, the big corporations are getting so greedy, and then the the indie companies are. There's so many indie quote unquote indie games that it's just ridiculous. Right. I mean, the market's inundated with just shit. So there's really yep. uh, the big companies are making shit. Because they just keep repeating themselves over and over and over again. The smaller companies are coming out with just inferior product, mm-hmm. uh, and you, once in a while you find a gem, you yeah. know. And once in a while you just find something really good, and that's that's what PAX is all about: is finding yeah. those those really good little games. And I've played a few of them, like the Stanley Parable is just a wonderful game. I still haven't played that. Mason has it on in oh, Steam. Play but it. I'm going to try. I'll check play it, it out. It's, yeah. It only takes maybe an hour to play. Okay. So yeah, definitely go play it. You'll just I think especially you. Yeah. It would probably I think it would drive Mike nuts. But I think well, you I... would you would be able to appreciate it a lot more. I can't tell you why cuz I would be giving away the game. Speaking of Mike, we got some text from him here. I'm going to read oh, it. Yeah, go ahead and read his text. This is I'm what he go sent grab about, another beer. He sent this about 15 minutes ago. Uh, for your information, I might slur. I'm toasted right now. Speaking, we're gonna we're gonna get him on the phone in a little bit uh, from Pax, so he can give us kind of a live from Pax. Yeah, live from Pax. Uh, text um, him back saying uh, we want a well, selfie. That's not the... of him on the phone with us. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, then he wrote, "We skipped D and D to drink more." <laughs> and I'm going to finish her drink because it's obvious she's had enough. Uh, she needs to pace. Uh, do I have enough time to get a Sonic swag bag? Hope you, <laughs> hope you have to. Read. Ooh, I want a Sonic swag. Hope bag. you have to read these out loud. Boy, does he know? Does he yeah, know what's going to happen? Of course, we're reading them out loud. Are you done with your beer? I'll, I'll wait to open. Oh yeah, should, we should probably talk about it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, this is uh, um, uh, Schofferhofer. Grapefruit Hefeweizen that we just finished. Wow. Yeah, ABV 2.5, so it's a low alcohol. It's an ABV 2.5. Yeah. Are you writing all this down? You know I have it sitting in front of me, right? Because my phone's all wired up. I don't want to mess with it, so. What? Oh, you type all this out on your phone while we're recording? I would untap it. So I'll get it afterward. I oh. just want to remember what it oh, is. Oh, you're going to untap it. I'm going to untap it for <laughs> us. But I would get, I would certainly give this a four. It was so a really I. good rattler is basically what it is, a grapefruit yeah. rattler. and Yeah. They are yummy, and unfortunately, almost all of them I ha- have had, except yeah. for maybe Swill, mm-hmm. all of them pretty much taste just like this. Yeah. So, but then again, I, they're all all the ones that taste like this are grapefruit. Yeah. So this is probably one of the better ones that I've had. I would give it a four. I'd give it a four also. I, right. You know what's funny is I don't like the smell of grapefruit. So when I first smelled this, I thought it was I was like, Ugh. yeah. But as soon as I taste it, yeah, it doesn't taste anything like what it smells like. Um, it, and you're right; it yeah. tastes like squirt. I'll repeat your line. Yes, um, it, it tastes exactly like squirt. Like it tastes squirt. exactly like squirt. Yeah. Um, the next thing we're going to be opening up is uh, Farm to Barrel by the uh, Almanac Beer Company. I, uh, a, a friend of mine who actually makes beer, um, I went to the uh, Blues for Boobs last weekend, and he happened to show up and brought a beer from this this particular company. Um, I'm not going to say this was a cheap beer, but it's worth every freaking penny. He brought a, por- a sour porter, which I'd never even heard of before, but wow, was it delicious. If you like sours, uh, th- it was so it was sour, yes, but it was so flavorful on the back end. 
so incredibly flavorful, like a porter should be. Yeah, you know. So it was like the sour. The nose was sour, and then it just kind of went right into the 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 wonderful, not too smoky, but just perfect porter. Yeah. Little detour here. I'm being the beer noob that I still am. Mm-hmm. I consider myself one still. What's I mean? What's the different? What are the characteristics of a sour other than the obvious? I mean, uh, to be it's... honest with you, I'm not sure. <laughs> he actually mentioned, uh, and we we need to get him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but uh, he actually mentioned uh, they use a certain kind of yeast that releases apparently a sourish flavor. Oh, okay. Or something to that effect. So it's not something you're I, picking Unfortunately, up. I'm not so much of a beer snob that I know exactly <laughs> what all the beers are made from. But I'm just a, a, a enough of a beer snob to make myself not be an alcoholic, I guess. I don't know. But I'm going to open this up. This is their uh, Farmer's Reserve, uh, one of their Farmer's Reserves. Um, the last week I had that. This is a, a Farmer's Reserve Blackberry. It's ale brewed with blackberries and aged in wine barrels. Oh. And so... Hmm. Where did you find that? I got all this at Elizabeth Station. Oh, okay. Where you can find everything. Where, yeah, <laughs> you can literally find... That is like a, an amazing... Oh, wow, it's got oh, yeah, an interesting color. I don't, know if your, I don't know if your wife will like this, but... Uh, she sounded like she didn't want any more, to be honest. <laughs> Actually, I'll... Um, I'll Call her in. What? All right, you can if you want. I'm gonna. Um... Hey Deanne. Hey Deanne. <laughs> this is gonna be a great podcast, isn't it? Though. Hey Deanne. <laughs> hey, sweetie. That's good enough. Thank you. Yes, this is a uh, uh, this is a blackberry sour. I thought it was raspberry. I don't know why. Come join us for a moment, and you can uh, give us your feedback mm. on this beer. It is a good sour. This is the farm to barrel, and I can it? really take the taste the blackberries on the it's back like a end too. Blackberry ale. It's nice. What do you think? My wife is smelling it. Apprehensively, now she's yes. looking at me. Now she's looking at me. Like I, I I don't know if you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> dig this one too much. It is very sour because it is called a sour beer. I'm but sure at the same like... time, it's very sweet, especially in the aftertaste. Oh, she's doing a look like. She's... Yep, the tongue came out and the squinching of the eyes. Exactly. That's very sour. I'm gonna assume you wouldn't give it a five. One out of five. <laughs> is that your rating? Uh, that's one the untapped five. rating. Yeah. You can find this beer at Elizabeth Station. They have uh, probably like five of them. They have a porter, strawberry, blackberry. Um, I don't know what else they had. I, those are the three I saw. I was like, ooh, strawberry, ooh, blackberry. <laughs> so it's like Skittles. It is like Skittles. Taste the rainbow. <laughs> I'm going to photograph this bottle because it's actually sort of cool looking. It is very cool looking. No? Not I like thing. it. I like it a lot. I'm going to try it now. Oh, I love the first one. I don't. I mean, it's interesting. But wow, that is sour. Mm-hmm. Very sour. It is, but it's it's good. Well, the kids like sour stuff. You want? You could Should let I Mason. Get Mason? <laughs> oh, watch him just go. <laughs> Crazy. It's not covered in sugar. <laughs> That's how kids are. My daughter will eat anything covered in sugar or bacon grease. <laughs> Mason's not too. Bacony. He's never no. He's never been big on the sweets, which is really weird. He's, oh, really? We used to get him like a cookie. This is our this is our typical Mason story. We get him a cookie at the store. You know, yeah. for every kid in the world, that's like, oh my god, I'm at the store and I get a cookie. And so they get the cookie. And Mason would literally eat like maybe half of it. You know, if it I'm wasn't done. chocolate chip, he's not interested. Yeah, but like even the chocolate chip, even here. the chocolate chip, occasionally yeah. he would be he would be like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm finished. I don't want the last few bites. <laughs> like what? Are you like an old guy stuffed into a kid's body or something? What's the deal? I was like, my, my daughter doesn't like milk very much. No? She doesn't drink milk. She doesn't like it. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, even you put it on her cereal. She's like, I don't want that. <laughs> she'll, she'll eat her cereal without it, but almond not with milk? almond uh, milk. No milk, milk like no, no, cow's no, milk. She like almond oh, milk? I have no idea. She, um, I don't know. She's only ever had that in in the rice that I make. So you should do coconut milk. She would probably love. That. She probably would. She probably would. I know she likes her chocolate milk. Yeah. Yes. Anything with chocolate. She, She's like, that's crack. You, you can you can cover rat's asshole in chocolate, and she'll eat the hell out of it. She would love. No, it's. Have you seen her around chocolate milk? She's like, can I, I have more, please? When she was yeah. over here last time, Alex. She'll drink a gallon on you. Alex yeah. was looking for something for her yeah. to drink, and and we're kind of going through the fridge and going, wow, we don't have anything. We you know can't believe we don't have anything. So Alex is looking around. She's going, water oh, is just juice. fine. And she offered her milk, and then I noticed the chocolate syrup down there, and I said, oh, you could do chocolate milk. And then and she go, and she goes, Nikita, do you want chocolate milk? She goes, yes, <laughs> like immediately, yeah. like she, instant. Like, downed it, and she wanted more. And I'm like, no, like, yeah, it's her drug. <laughs> chocolate is her drug. It's it's quite. Kind of crazy about yeah. it. Yeah, she she loves chocolate. Ooh. So I like the taste, but I it, the it's, sourness is just is almost yeah. too much. And but you keep going back for more. That's I will keep going back it. for more. Yeah, and it I gives you it, it may, certainly may, it, it gives saliva, you that. And it just makes it taste even better. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm digging this stuff. I'll probably end up buying uh, another one. The bottles that bottle is eleven dollars, by the way. Oh my god! Yeah. Seriously, what what is that? Like a twelve ounce? It's just twelve ounce. Yeah, it's a regular bottle of beer. I wow. Well, now it's not. I was remembering. The abyss was it's good though. I mean, I, I yeah, oh the this abyss. Is, the abyss. You can find it for seventeen. It was I think eighteen or nineteen at at uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Elizabeth Station. Elizabeth no? Station, and now, now the 2013s uh, at the stores are selling for fifty dollars. Oh, really? Wow. Maybe we should invest and grab a few of these and sell. Yeah, them that's off. why uh, Mike took home all those bottles because he has about nine hundred dollars worth of bottles at home. <laughs> I wonder how much that's worth. I'm looking at a bottle of Abyss on top what of my fridge. That? What is that, man? Two thousand thirteen. I think it's two thousand thirteen. I'm saving that actually for a special podcast. Like if we hit twenty, maybe we should crack that open on the. Oh, we will. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, that's fifty dollars at the store right now. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. You can start the 2012. I bet you could start the bidding real, real high. <laughs> no, we uh, there was one other up there, and we drank There's it at one point. Else up there. Is, but I actually think we cracked one of them open at the end of one of the podcasts as the sort of the yeah. after. <laughs> Should I hide this? Because, you know, no, 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 no. I, I actually want to say I, at least for me. one of those. I, I have a 2013 at home, and then I have those two uh, oh, uh, critical hit barley wines at home, too. One from 2011, one from 2012. Yeah. Yeah. Which those will are, crack open in a couple of weeks. That so. has to be the weirdest thing, though, the abyss. The way that that comes out and you get this weird sort of run on them. You know, people are coming into That's stores. That's because they're and very limited. Oh, yeah. Stores only get a very limited supply of them. But it's so weird. I mean, it's just, you would think the shoots might yeah. crank out a little bit more because clearly they're, there's demand. They, they Yeah, they know yeah, what they're, they're doing. They're creating a... Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're recru- yeah. They're creating the branding but, at some point. Yeah. What's funny is that we... we what was it, last year? Wasn't... Or with the year before, we we went around to all these different stores around town, looking for the, it was right before Black Friday, and I said I yeah. I'm the one hosting this at Black my house. Friday. I've got to make sure that I've got some some of this abyss because that was like the that's like the favorite beer on that night. Mm-hmm. So I'm Absolutely. running around. I'm going. I have to find this. Every single store, none of them either. They never heard of it, or oh yeah, we had it, but uh, it just went really fast. Yeah. Or somebody's got some on hold, and I can't I can't sell it. 
I was like, we're not going to find this. Which is bullshit into itself. Yeah, it is. They really shouldn't do that. But um, we went over to the the Hagen over in Fairhaven that used to be the Red Apple. And we, I walked in. I was like, we're not going to find it here either. And I walk in, and somebody had just unloaded it all onto the shelf. And it was sitting there. And I was like, does nobody realize this is here? I know. And so I'm on the, I get on the phone. That was that, that morning I called Mike. Or he was texting, and yeah. I was like, they've got it at the Fairhaven. And he's like, yeah, I know, I already got some. Thanks for waking me up. <laughs> nice, nice. No, I, 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 I try to buy one or two bottles every year, but I always end up drinking one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, And then I, I usually keep one for Black Friday, but I also have other beers that I want to yeah. save up for that as well. Yeah. And uh, Black Butte 26 is out. So for the 26th oh, birthday, yeah, it shoots, yeah. and it's $17 a bottle, but I'm going to go buy one anyway. Yeah. And uh, there's a few other beers I have my eye on. Is that out right now? now? Is that on the mm-hmm. shelf? Yeah, it's on the shelf right now. Wow. If, you if you can six, find it. If you buy six or more, you can get a discount. I mean, you buy six? anything. You can buy six of any beer. Oh, yeah. Oh. You get like a 10% or discount. 10% or something. Yeah. So if you spend $100, you only pay 90 <laughs> At Hagen, that's at Hagen, everybody. Hagen, making alcoholism cheaper. <laughs> only slightly. Yeah, only slightly. I'll leave you there. Okay. All right. Thank you. But yes, this is a very delicious beer. Yeah, it is. Elizabeth like Station it. has all their little flavors. Yeah. So what would you rate this? Well, this to me is definitely a four. Uh-huh. But what do you think? God, I want to give it a three because the sour, the sourness of it is so off-putting. But I just, I think, in all fairness, I would give this a four also. Yeah, I think uh, it's just my little hang-up with the sourness. I'm not crazy about really sour tasting stuff like that. But uh, one of the things I, one of the things I love compared to like Cascade that we went to, yeah, the sour in this beer doesn't last through the whole. Like you take one swallow, it doesn't go mm, sour all the way down. Oh yeah, it, yeah, it's, you're right. It's initially sour and then sweetens as it goes. Yeah. And that's that. That to me makes is a much better sour or a, a, just a much better beer overall. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd give it a four just to be fair. I mean, just getting around my little issue with sour. Well, you can't see through it, so it's okay. <laughs> Not like the last beer. That was a half, so you couldn't really see through that. <laughs> but it was also a rattler. But apparently, it's a grapefruit hefeweizen. The last one we had, and then I bought, yeah. uh, unbeknownst to me, uh, Melvin's Imperial Red, which I don't think we've had. We've had stuff from Melvin. That's the place in Jackson Hole. Was that the one that we had on the one with uh, Brandon and Brianna? The did we did we have the Melvin Red? We had a red. Maybe we did have it. Yeah, but we'll we'll do it again since that podcast didn't doesn't exist anyway. That's true. That would be, it would be worth revisiting. But yeah, I remember if but. that's if that's what we had that day. That was that was really good stuff that day. That was mm-hmm. um. Or I think everything we had that day at the Copper Hog was fantastic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was really impressed with it. I'm gonna. Who cares about time? I'm going away. I was late <laughs> on that anyway. I just want to be able to. We're at 33 minutes. <sighs> Yeah, I know it's 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 almost five o'clock now. So yeah. hopefully, uh, Mike will be calling soon. But yeah, anyway, well, um, so uh, did you uh, going back to the topic of video games though? Did you um in in Burlington? Did you guys have any kind of like arcades? Or oh yeah, yeah. Line? We had uh, um, what's it called? The bowling alley down there. Oh, there's the the Dragon Inn restaurants attached to the bowling alley. It's oh lanes, yeah, yeah. Some some kind of lanes, yeah. whatever the hell it was. And uh, no, that was our arcade. And my parents went bowling every week. They were on a league when I was a kid. <laughs> and that bowling alley was full of cigarette smoke, and kids running around. Yeah. A 
parents drinking their beer, smoking their cigarettes, and we would go around to every parent. We'd have always that group of kids that would glom onto one another, yeah, you know, and go from you know parent to parent asking for as many quarters as possible, and then yeah. going in and and kicking it down on uh, Battle Zone or. <laughs> Crawl the Conqueror, or oh, uh, or uh, oh, you know Tron, yeah. or whatever the hell else was in there, or or, uh, or Dig Dug, or yeah, Miss Pac Man, Robotron with the two sticks that you controlled the gun with one, and moved yeah, it yeah, <laughs> exactly. Still one of my favorite was Battle you know Zone. Battle Zone was one of my favorites. It's interesting that you mentioned that it, it, as a bowling alley because it's um, it, this has occurred to me before too, and that's it's a really there, good example. So. Yeah, but. It, when we were growing up, it seemed like a lot of places were designed with the idea of having the kids and the adults. I mean, you had things like that, like a bowling alley where you'd have like video games in an arcade area, mm-hmm. and then like the adults could be over here drinking beer and bowling. Yeah, of course. And nowadays, it seems like that sort of stuff is really segregated off. Oh yeah, yeah. Level. Well, you God forbid have... our children should see adults being adults. Holy yeah, yeah, mackerel! Yeah. It yeah. would be terrible for our children to actually, uh, you know, yeah. witness reality in its in its <laughs> in its purest form. If, if kids, any kind, your kids need to know need to understand what a stumbling drunk mom is. Exactly. <laughs> yes, and the, you know what? That's okay. It's mom getting just releasing some freaking. You know, she's been dealing with your dumbass all week, <laughs> and guess what? She needs a bit of release. So here's 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 five dollars and quarters, and now get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> that's what it was, and yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what we're really lacking. We've made children our entire lives. Oh yeah. And that, to me, and and I'm oh, glad my man. wife agrees that that is completely and utterly wrong. And it's not just an American thing. In Canada, yeah. it's the same way. A lot of folks in Mexico do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's. I'm sure it's all over the place. But for some reason, children have become so important. They're the center of their lives. They're the yeah. center of the household. Yeah. And that's something we're trying to make sure that Nikita understands that we're the adults. We make the rules. We buy all this shit. None <laughs> of it's yours. Guess what? This mm-hmm. is our lives, too. Yeah. Yeah. So... It's just, yeah, it just drives me nuts. So, yeah, that's um, that I don't think any topic that we've discussed on this podcast has ever stuck in my head quite as much as that one where uh, was it from the last one where we talked about the uh, about people wanting to outlaw leaving your kids. Uh, yeah, in, uh, in not allowing places. children to play by themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, together by themselves. Um, I just, I, it, that's what we did all the time when I was a kid. Yeah, I know. We I know. would take off our little group from our neighborhood and go all think, over the damn place. I think the standard response to that is well. Things are different now. No, they're not. Yeah, they, they are, but they're not. It's not. They're not significantly more dangerous. It's not like the no. kids live in, in a fact, war zone. It's been proven they're actually less dangerous. Yeah. Of yeah, course, I would if actually if believe that. A, if you're in a, a, a really horrible area, yeah, it's going to be a little more dangerous. But it was like that then too. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is when when in like the seventies and eighties. <laughs> People didn't give a crap about kids picking on each other. Nowadays, it's it's like oh my god, like oh, everything. The bullying comes to a thing. Halt. My daughter's already learned about the bullying yeah. thing. She and she just talked about it yesterday. Yeah. Oh, bullying. Um, we don't put up with bullies. What do you have any bullies in your class? And she's like, no. <laughs> so why are you teaching them about bullies? If if a kid's doing something wrong, other kids should tell on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that simple. It's not about bullies or not bullies. Yeah, if yeah. some kid's fucking up and being an asshole, then the other kid should say, that kid's being an asshole to me, which <laughs> kids naturally do anyway. We should just encourage all the kids to gather around the bully and beat the crap out of them with baseball Absolutely. <laughs> you get the smallest kid in class, give him a baseball bat, and That's have right. him knee the fucker. That's right. Yeah. Have his moment. 
<laughs> it's a confidence building exercise. But you know, it's not. It's not like I, I'm pro kids picking on each other. But it's just back then, nobody even gave taxes it. now. Fourteen percent complete. They send those things out all oh. fucking weekend. It's really oh happy. to make you all nervous that you're missing it. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they they do all kinds of different things. The Gauntlet Packs Celebrity Tournament start at six thirty p.m. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but yeah. whatever. But so um, it, it, we we had a gold mine come in when, into Aberdeen when I was about in fifth grade, I think. I they, they what built was his mall. name? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was was a it a velvet gold mine? <laughs> yeah, no, that was something else entirely. That's a great movie. You should watch it. A velvet gold mine? Yeah, I thought that was a book. Uh, it probably was a book. They made a movie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. It's about a kind of a David Bowie like guy. That I'm gonna have to velvet gold write that down. I'm it's go <laughs> velvet it down. gold mine. It's Normally, really I'd good. be uh, typing this into my phone. It was. I was going through '90s movies because next month is '90s month for our movies. Yeah, and uh, I hmm. was going through all these movies and and going, wow, I I love that movie, but I've already seen it because I'm always looking for movies I haven't seen because yeah. that's that's how I am. And mm-hmm. uh, one of my picks is going to be the Red, White, and Blue series, which is. Uh, uh, I think it's blue, white, and red. I think is how it goes. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Uh, but it's uh, by a Polish director, and it's a series of French films, and it's, they're all different character studies on different uh, moods. Yeah. Uh, being red, white, and blue. It also happens to be the French flag, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Da, da, da. probably even the Polish flag. It's everybody's flag. Red, white, and blue is on half the flags in the Western world. But right. <laughs> but anyway, velvet gold mine. Checking out. Yeah, I will. It's really good. But uh, did you ever did you ever have Pac Man fever? Pac-Man fever. In sixth I, grade? I have. Um, yeah, we all loved Pac-Man. Absolutely. But did you have Pac-Man fever? I don't know what that is. It's, so. a, it's a condition. I remember it. <laughs> I remember, oh, it's Pac-Man fever. And I, there, I, I think there was even a song. There was. There was a whole album by this, uh, by this team called Buckner and Garcia, if I remember correctly. Wow. How yeah. diverse. And they had a. Um, they just had all the, the all the entire album was all songs like that, which is basically songs about the video game with sound effects from the games thrown in. Oh, awesome! It was just like that Pac Man fever thing. But did you did you ever get into that whole craze with with Pac Man, where you go out and memorize all the patterns and? Oh no 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 yeah. no no! I I was way too ADD, and I still am for that. I'm like, okay, I've played this game <laughs> seven thousand times. Moving on. So. And no, and I played the Pac-Man thing, and I didn't even find out about the like the sweet spot until I read Ready Player One. Oh, the oh, sweet the spot where you could where sit you can, and no ghost would go there. Well, I think it, they won't come from a certain direction, is what it was. So you're always safe you could sit there for there. quite a while. Like yeah. you could go to the bathroom, come back, and it would still be there. And yeah, there was. I had and that. I tested it I, on the on the emulator or the the thing online, and it worked. I oh just yeah, sat yeah. there for like 15 minutes. Oh, that's cool. That means they either did a really good job recreating it, or they're just using the the ROM somehow and putting it on. Yeah, they're just using the original because I think yeah. the the whole thing was put on by Atari, or uh, by Atari and Activision, and yeah. I don't know. It, they, they had a shit ton of those games. Yeah, yeah. They even had Centipede, one of my favorites, when I was a kid. Oh, that game! I loved that game, but it used to drive me fucking crazy. Yeah. Man. it was annoying. The with the ball. Yeah, I hated yeah. that ball, but it was so awesome. <laughs> Game that I was really into was uh was Dragon's Lair. Did you ever play that? Oh yeah, Dragon's yeah. Lair was awesome. That was great. Yes. I loved in fact, that. they just are they're selling it on Steam right now. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, um, you can get. Uh, I think you can get both versions of that and Space Ace. Oh God, you shouldn't have told me that. <laughs> <laughs> I was crazy. I was one of those people that was really obsessive about that game, and I got all the way to the end. I could go from beginning to end. 
Oh, so it was wow. one of the cool. It was one of the few times in the arcade when I was the cool guy. When I went up to Dragon's Lair, the guy who used to work at Goldmine would would start telling people, "Watch this guy, watch him." And so I would have a crowd of people around me watching me, and uh, you know I would get through every single level, and you get up to the end where you're saving Daphne, I think is it Princess Daphne. Yeah, Princess Daphne. Yeah. And I uh, go through the whole ending part, and pe- and it was just so I always felt really awesome. You know, it's like you have this crowd of people around you just watching, and as soon as you kill the dragon at the end, and the end happens, they're all like, "Whoa!" You're like, they're all. I like think I only saw that a guy do that once. Yeah. I never made it through all the way through the game. I think I made it like three quarters of the way through the game and fucked yeah. up, and yeah. and I, I don't think I ever I rage quit. It's really. And it, uh, despite the fact that I love that game, it was, I would acknowledge that it's probably one of the most annoying fucking games on the planet. Well, it's one of the worst games on the planet if you yeah, think about yeah. it, because it's basically you going one direction or another. I mean, there's yeah. like it's either left, right, up, but down. Even worse, you have to time it exactly right. Yeah. So if you did it just slightly too early, you're dead, or slightly too late. You know, oh my god, man, I I loved the game, but that used to just piss me off so bad yeah. when when that would happen. But um. The animation in that game was really beautiful. That was um, it was Don Bluth. Don, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was Don, Don Bluth. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, uh, he's he's he broke away from Disney. I think was that his story. He did early on. He yeah. broke away from Disney really early on and started his own company. And, and right, he, right, right. he thought, well, I'm going to compete with Disney, and he did a damn good job. Yeah, he did. They actually produced he has um, some pretty a, iconic stuff like Fifel and yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and yep. uh, Secret of Nim and Anastasia. Is that was that one of theirs? Sure. I think that was. Uh, oh yeah, I think he did Anastasia. I yeah. can't remember exactly. They did uh, the American Tale. They did yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. the Line Before Time, which was a phenomenal series. Was that well, them? not phenomenal series. Yeah, that was. I think. That oh, was I didn't Booth watch that well. because it was just. Oh, there's like 37 <laughs> Land Before Times. I think they're all going all the way to the extinction of the. They need to come full circle and do the Land Before Time game, sort of like the Dragon's Lair, you know? Yeah, it just <laughs> never ends. But you just keep going one direction because they were always going somewhere in those, yeah. those games. Yeah. Or those movies. Um, yeah. I don't know. I only saw the first couple of those, but apparently they just kept going and going and going. So That was one of the few but, things that I could, I could, I just couldn't sit through it. I couldn't make it through that. Yeah, like, it was know, terrible, Alex, terrible stuff. Alex, but it was, uh, kids loved them. it though. Kids mm-hmm. during the nineties, little in early two thousands, loved those those yeah. movies. But Jurassic. hopefully, Mike calls soon. Have you? Uh, oh, I was going to text him when we're ready. Did you want to talk about yeah. the movie a little bit before we get him on the phone? Uh, it wasn't really a movie. It was a um, uh, what do you call that? A reality show. But it was a lot of fun to see guys go on an adventure. That that's kind of adventure I've been on, and I I would yeah. love to do again. Um, uh, they seem like a pretty cool group of guys. Uh, way too into cars for me. I don't think I would have a very good time with them because all they did was drive their cars around in circles, and it was just like, eh, I don't care. But other than that, yeah, yeah it was okay. Yeah. Um, I would recommend this people, especially to gearheads or anybody that is just our podcasters. I mean, this is what doing a podcast you might be capable of. Yeah. You know, you know that's um, that's the first twenty minutes of the show or this movie, which is I guess we should say it is the uh, is the uh, all cars go to heaven. <clears throat> Oh, all dogs go to heaven. I think that was a dumb. <laughs> so all cars go to heaven. Um, yeah, it was made by. I didn't realize it was a group of podcasters. Yeah. I thought it was a documentary. So for the first twenty minutes, I hated this because I thought this is the worst documentary I've ever seen in my life. They are doing such a bad job. They're talking. They don't even introduce who they are. Why would I care about these guys? You know, they, it was like, what the heck? This is a really shoddily yeah. put together doc. And then it then it finally hit me. Actually, about it was 20 well minutes put in. together. If you no, think about once it, you realize really what well. it, once you realize what it is, yeah. 
which is just basically a podcast done on video, like a special we're traveling podcast. Yeah, it was like a special podcast. Then it was awesome. Yeah, about 20 minutes in, it finally occurred to me, and I was like, okay, now I get, all right. Yeah, see, I I went to their website and kind of read about them a little bit. I'm like, oh, major gearheads. This guy owns a garage, and yada, yada, and he has his own branding. Yeah, this was a part of it. Yeah. So. Well, and so they started talking about the back roads through Washington, the network mm-hmm. of back roads and stuff that a lot of people don't oh, know yeah, about. Oh, yeah, you can go all the way up. Yeah, there. yeah. And wow. and he mentioned that, you know, there's you have this this one that goes from the Oregon coast all the way up to Canada to a, to a border crossing there. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. And then I thought they were going to get into sort of the history of where these roads came from, the way a documentary would do it. Yeah. No. And tell you what those were. And I thought, oh, because my dad used to take me out on those all the time when I was a kid when he would go hunting. And he would take me with him. And I've always sort of been fascinated by it because it just seemed like there were millions of them. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I wonder if there's maps or if they're everybody... all logging roads. They're all old, yeah, yeah, yeah. logging roads. Yeah. And I've actually done that with my uncle. We would, um, he calls it a kickback or hunting. You know, he'd go hunting, yeah. but he also calls it kickback. We'd yeah. just get a bunch of beer and whiskey and drive up into the hills, slowly drive around drinking all day. <laughs> and uh, um, we would literally drive from uh, like Skagit County. Yeah. Like, we'd head out towards Mount Baker, get on a dirt-ass road, yeah. and then just drive, and we'd end up in, uh, what is that, like, uh, Arlington or Lake Stevens, or, yeah. you know, and it was all dirt roads until we got there. Yeah. All of it. It's, and it's, you, can, you can pretty much go all the way through the Cascades without even hitting a highway. Yeah. My friends so. and I used to explore those roads, um, which was probably a dangerous thing to be doing if you didn't really know where they were, where you were going. It, it can be, but they, they have maps for them all now. Yeah, I mean, I imagine so. you just keep following them; you'll eventually come. A to lot somewhere. of them overgrow and they don't take care of them, so you yeah. have to turn around and go yeah. back to the main road anyway. But we found a really cool. You know, we were just going down this road. We found like this big field, and we went out, and it was like you keep going past the field. There's some trees. There's a little. Um, kind of a hill going down you go down the hill and there was like this beautiful little area where a creek is flowing through mm-hmm. and there's like these rock walls and it was like it was amazing and we used to go there and, and drink well and party at you know go there at night and um it was, it's just crazy the kind of stuff you can find on these back roads so when they started talking about that i thought wow they're going to talk about the history of these things i'm going to find yeah and then they just skip right over that and go right into their you know their adventure but um once I understood what it was, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I would give it a beer, and um, I would recommend. I would too. I mean, I, I I would certainly recommend it, and I would give it yeah. a beer. And I uh, kudos to Mike for actually throwing something a little different at us. Which yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, I thought it was kind of refreshing yeah. and new and different. And yeah. I'm glad my wife didn't watch it with me because she would have fucking hated it. But <laughs> um, definitely, I, I I did enjoy it. I didn't watch the whole thing. The last like ten minutes, it was just like them trying to destroy that stupid Toyota. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, that was kind of a dumb. dumb... So you guys are. This is this is your version of shooting stop signs. So <laughs> yay for you. Well, I'm gonna give Mike the signal here and let him know we're ready to talk. So I guess while we. Uh... Wait for him to call, and hopefully he's sober. He's poor. He's passed out on Cassandra right at this moment. Oh, no. Poor thing. Here, do you want to? Oh, so I guess I this is move the, over this now. This is the part where I'll cut. <laughs> this is the part. Oh, this is the, no. We don't have to yeah, cut this no. part. I'm moving to, on over. Don't want me to edit this out. So uh, we're just sort of situating ourselves so we can take this call and actually hear because we have to listen through a headphone. Yeah, that's if he calls. If he doesn't call, we're going to be sitting very close, and it's going to be kind of awkward. But we'll live. <laughs> All right. So All right. this I'm is I'm going to get our next beer, which is Melvin's Imperial Red. Ooh. I think we've already done this on one occasion. Yeah. Uh, I think then without Mike? No, Mike was there for that one. No, that was at the Copper Hog. Oh, that's I right. Think. It was without Mike and we're doing it again without Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that was a um 
the we had two Melvin Melvin beers that day at Copper Hog, and they were both yeah. There was a um, gosh, I'm gonna completely space this off, and I didn't write that down either. I could go back and listen to the incredibly bad quality audio and figure out what it <laughs> no, was. No, that's again. okay. Please do not. <laughs> um, I I think uh, <laughs> I don't know what that was, but uh, it was a good time nonetheless. It was yeah, a lot. Was, of, it was a very good time. That was a great time. But yeah, fifteen dollars for the, us. Yeah. Wow. Elizabeth Station's a little overpriced, but they're worth kudos it. to them for bringing some good beer to this place. So. Elizabeth Station's really cool. There's a, you know what? There's actually like a little uh, convenience stores now. on your way out to um to Sudden Valley. It's like a little. It's by the golf course out there. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know where Sudden Valley is. They have that. Oh, little... I know where Sudden Valley. is. <laughs> they have a uh, convenience store out there though, and you go back into the back corner, and they have a huge walk-in cooler. That has tons and tons of beer in there. Oh, really? It's like a hidden little, uh, I don't know who their uh, clientele is about out there. but It's all those people, people living who... in the freaking woods. Have you seen how many houses are out there? Yeah, actually, you're right. That yeah, place a is lot of... freaking huge. I <laughs> When I worked for the cable company, I ever, all of us hated going out there because you would eventually get lost. Because every road, none of them are... Oh, up in the... Uh, up in the well, like... in, the, in that whole area. Yeah. Oh, is he calling? I don't know. Did he text? Oh, Mike's saying, uh, okay, perfect timing. Doing D&D 4 yeah. and 5. What? <laughs> I don't know what he means. Uh, that's one of the old ones. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. I bet he texted you. Isn't there a little guy down there? On my, On way, my way outside. outside. Oh, go. he's going to call us from outside. Oh, Mike's going to call us. All right, cool. All right. Anyway. Oh. So this is a, you're gonna have to listen to him. Through I'm that gonna have to calls. put the, your oh. earbud in my ear. Yeah. Your earbud in my ear. I'm just gonna, we're gonna end up pulling each other. Be, this is oh, this is weird. I can hear myself. You can't hear yourself. I don't like the way I sound. <laughs> you all should be in my head because I sound fucking awesome to me. <laughs> to you guys, I sound like Goofy's retarded cousin. <laughs> At least that's how I think I sound when so, I'm on um, this podcast. So just a, a quick little return to the to the movie. Was there um, was there any any part of it that uh, stood out to you in particular, like that you liked? No, <laughs> not really. Because <laughs> they didn't do anything very interesting. They they basically just went on this little adventure and it didn't didn't talk about anything major yeah. except for their cars and how they broke down and what was wrong with them and yeah. how they fixed them. And it, to me, that's just like oh, who cares? Move on. Yeah. Do something fun. I loved the, some of the shots that they showed of some of the like the areas that they were like some of the nature scenes that they were seeing. Oh, absolutely. Some of the views were gorgeous. And yeah. I did, I was expecting them actually to be on this side of the mountains, yeah. and they weren't. They were in eastern Washington the whole time. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. I was I really expecting them to be over here and like come out at Sumas or something. Every time they passed some identifying uh, landmark, I would go into Google Maps and type it in just to see where they were oh, so yeah. I get some sense. Yeah, they were over in the Yeah, because they went through Lake Chelan and that whole area. Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. Know, just went all the way But up there were some there. areas in the, like in, toward the back where they, or not toward the back, like just on these kind of um, obscure areas where there were like really beautiful views. And I almost feel like they should have brought along an actual documentary team to document their experience doing this, and well, they had two bloody cameramen, and the, the well, no, that one they guy, were doing they were only, doing their podcast basically. It would have been cool if they'd have actually yeah. invited along someone to do a documentary about them making this and get some of those sort of things on mm-hmm. on film or properly document them. Would have been oh, absolutely. Yeah. They, they should have did a little more. Uh, I think. Ooh, wow! What is this? This is uh, Melvin's Melvin. Imperial Red, Melvin out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Hmm. Maybe we didn't try this. This tastes uh, this does not 
No, we did not try this. This is good. Yeah, it is good. Should have got a whole growler, but that was $30. Ooh. Yeah, that's an ouch. I couldn't (laughs) afford that right now. Yeah, come on, Mike. Just call us, asshole. On my way outside. <laughs> yeah, he has to stumble outside. Is he seriously fucked up? At oh, this will be this will be pretty funny if he is though. Pikes is awesome. <laughs> Click. Oh my god! He has to call us back like four <laughs> he, times. He passes out in the in the grass, and we hear someone molesting him on the phone. Well, well, he's attempting to call us on his uh, his his <laughs> eye pizzle. Uh, uh, I did read that article you uh, did about Star Wars and um, will we ever have another oh, yeah, Star yeah. Wars? Yeah, wasn't that cool? Uh, and uh, it, yes and no. I'm like we have we've had several Star Wars at this point. Uh, they just didn't impact us the way Star Wars did. Yeah. Um, Star Wars was really like the first blockbuster movie for like summers. I think it came out in July. Yeah. And uh, it's, it really started the summer blockbuster. And from there, I mean, you, if you think about it, like George Lucas, um, uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, these guys are the ones that really started the blockbuster, especially right. the summer blockbuster. Because, right. I mean, they their movies just exploded in a way that movies had never really done before. Yeah. And yep. uh, uh, that dynamic had already been... Oh, here oh, he is. Here he is. Michael? Hey, Mike. Can you, can you hear me? I'm like outside on top of the freeway, but I think it's going to get without me walking up some more blocks. Yeah, we can we can hear you. No, we can hear you. Can you hear us? You, you're me, fuzzy, but uh, we can hear you. Let me crank up a little bit. Now I can hear you. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to talk louder because I'm on a mic. Yeah. Now I have an earbud in my ear thanks to you. <laughs> so how is it? How is what? What do you mean, how is The beer. <laughs> how is this beer that we're drinking? The beer, I've had three beers today, and none of them were awesome. Uh, we're, we've had three beers today, and all of them were awesome. Yeah, this has been a good, uh, this has been, I, think, uh, I, I think I'm going to give this one but, a four also. I mean, I'm in Seattle, and I know Seattle doesn't like, have like, this, this name for like, making really good beers. Like, I can't think of any beers outside of Seattle, out of Seattle, that I like, really enjoy. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're, they're par for the course. Um, I've had some whiskey that was good, but you know what are you going to do when you order a Jameson? You're going to get a Jameson. It's going to be good. Yeah. You can't lose. That's all I'm saying. That's true. That's, that's true. Well, we're at... Go ahead. Are you recording already? Yeah. Oh, recording. no, we're, we've been recording. We're um, Just to let you... Just to make you a little bit jealous, we're actually drinking Melvin's Imperial Red. Oh, fuck you guys. Again, another Melvin. <laughs> Melvin Day every day I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but Did you we... also missed out on a nice uh, group, grapefruit rattler that we had, and then I brought a uh, what is this? It's a blackberry sour beer from uh, what is that? Oh, Almanac man. Brewing Company. Yeah, it's it's I, amazing. I, I am a li- I'm a lot jealous. I'm not a little bit jealous. I got to admit, um, <laughs> you guys know the passion I have for Melvin, um, but I have new dice and you don't. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Are I'll they tiny have some dice? new ones tomorrow. Are they tiny dice? I didn't get any more of the tiny dice. Like I feel like my tiny dice set. I, I think tomorrow I'm going to buy like another D20 in a tiny size for uh, for fifth edition, right? So at some point, you got to roll two D20s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think I'm going to buy another one. I think I'm going to buy another D20 tomorrow to go with my di- tiny dice set. As well. like, right I, on. I bought a, I bought a set today, and I got the extra D twenty because I know you know you got to rack, rack, you got to roll for that high, low, uh, minimum, maximum. So 
I'll be yeah, it's called it's yeah. called advantage and disadvantage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't like rolling twice. Like it, it always bugs me when I gotta pick up the dice and roll a second time. It feels like it should be one roll. So I'm gonna get my other tiny d20, and the new set I have has a second d20. I think I'll be set for uh, fifth edition. You know, I I did need to go play some fifth edition today, but it's just like past every other time. You like you make these these glorious plans and nothing ever works out. Yeah, that's so packs for you. Yeah. I think that's any the event you go to. Falls apart, you know? uh, we, we, went in, we went into, you know, as you know, this year, Dungeons & Dragons is no longer in the basement. We get a hotel floor to talk to ourselves. So we're at the fourth floor over at the Motif Hotel. Yep. We, we go over there for sign-in. We've missed a 3 o'clock session by 10 minutes. So he's like, well, you got 15 minutes. Come back at the top of the hour. We'll get you in. I'm like, oh, no problem. There's a bar at the bottom. So we go and have some drinks, and it's like, okay, we're a couple drinks in, and then we really want to go play D&D in another, another round time, or another round. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just how class is. You know, you can't really ever plan on hitting what you want to hit. You just want to come and hang out. That's that, that, that is kind of true, but I, I certainly myself make it a point to at least play yeah, one of the right. sessions of D&D. So. Well, you know, with the person I'm here, I said, well... Tomorrow, I, I guarantee you, Jeff's going to want to play. There's no way he's going to miss it. So at some point tomorrow, I'll get to sit in for at least the one-hour session or something. Right on. Is she enjoying PAX? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're... we're I know it's it in her wheelhouse, so... Well, it's, it's, super, it's certainly super geeky, so whatever you do, you want to come here with super geeky people and play at home, you know? Hey, it was funny. On the way down, we stopped at a Starbucks to get some coffee, and... You know, right away the connection was made there. We know the other guys that were stopping for coffee were there for packs and just saying it's just obvious to be gig. And they, oh, you're wearing your pass. I had my pass around my, my, my neck already. Yeah. Ready to go. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, everybody's going to pack. I mean, it's, you know, so you get here and it's like everybody's like that. Did you guys roll initiative so, to see who gets their coffee first? We didn't. We should have. <laughs> it was, still would have been me because, you know, typically I like to play a rogue and, you know, I'm getting plus 10 every, every initiative. <laughs> yeah, <Without> sure. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right on. Well, what else you been up to down there, man? Uh, you know, it's a lot, a lot of shopping. We, you know, person I'm with, you know, they kept seeing things they needed to buy. So, fine. You know, I've got three more days here. I don't, you know, I got in line. I did got in line for about a half an hour and played uh, uh, Dead Island Two. It was a lot of fun, but you know, it's a video game. Ooh, they have Dead Island too. I can't wait. Yeah, Dead on the Two is here. You know, the biggest thing for me, the most thing, the thing I was most excited was they've got uh, Pokemon TCC, that's a trading card game, on the iPad. I posted yeah. that earlier. I, <laughs> I saw that. Back. I what was walking it? by. I went, what? What are they playing on? They're playing on an iPad? That's awesome. I'll never have to play yep. computer. They, get, they got oh, uh, Pokemon, Pokemon trading card game on the iPad now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, for me, that's absolutely perfect. Well. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm playing. Uh, I'm playing the other. The only other game I'm playing on the PC right now is the uh, the zombie game from the television show. What's that called? Walking Dead. Walking, yeah. I've got to play that on my phone. The oh, awesome! I bought it for the. The only reason I bought it for the PC is so I could go switch between uh, Pokemon and then go back into uh, Walking Dead. So, you know, huh. next year that won't be a problem. Everything's just iPad only. No. Wow. Is there a lot of iPad or tablet games there? You know, there actually are quite a few. Mm-hmm. You know, the one thing I was, I was just, we were just did one last walkthrough before the telephone call. We had some time to fill in. I want to make sure we did a little more 
stuff and just instead of just sitting in the bars, we went to the Alienware and they have uh, what they're calling the Alpha, and I think that's Alpha Steam Box. Uh, you know, as in they don't nice. have a Steam Box controller for it, but I believe it's running a Steam, the, the Steam OS beta. And I, I sat there and I played Street Fighter. Now, of course, I couldn't find anybody who would actually see a Street Fighter with me, which is okay. I still got to touch the machine quite a bit. Um, and uh, I, I think it performed really well, but then I looked at the price tag and I said, God, you know, I could build that myself. So, really, I think I think with the Steam boxes, a lot of what the Steam boxes are going to come down to, is the person have enough skill to build themselves that PC, or do they want to just buy it pre-made? Well, you know, they're they're really trying to break into that uh, uh, console, console right? market. Exactly, the console market. Yeah. So, uh, and, and you can you can get into the low end at uh, like like uh, this last generation. You could get in at the same price as an Xbox One. You could get into a same console, which is fine. But you know what? For, for you know, you got to put six hundred bucks down. You know, I want a little bit easier of a PC than a Steam box office. But I think the difference between like a console and a, and and a Steam box is you can you can partition that hard drive and have Steam on one side and, and Windows on the other Windows and, on the other yeah. and play you know and what? do and and have a computer as well as 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 a uh, console. And you know what that's that's good for a lot of people, but I don't you know I, when I say a lot of people, I don't know how many people that is anymore. You know I I'm I one. Resent, one out of three ain't bad. I, I, every time I have to sit in front of my PC, I resent. Like what am I doing here? I've got an iPad, I've got an iPhone. Why am I sitting in my PC at this moment? Other than I can have thirty tabs open at the same time. Beyond that, you know, I'd rather sit in front of my phone. Yeah, yeah, that makes one of us. I'd rather sit in front of my computer and play video games. I'm I'm into the computer too. I like the computer. I mean, the consoles are 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 cool, but I don't know why. I well, that's dig the... that's true. I mean, you know, the last game I played was Portal, and there is no uh, iPhone port yet for Portal Two. Yeah, and, but it is it is on the Apple. It is on the Apple. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, you know, maybe there's some point to keeping the PCs around. But uh, you know what? As a, as a guy who's been working on PCs for the last twenty years, I wouldn't care if they went away. I've had enough. So <laughs> right on. Reason. I haven't. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's just my resentment for having to work on them day in and day out. <laughs> I think I think you're blaming the product for the users. Because you have to deal with the users, and those guys are the ones that yeah. usually make the mistake, yeah. not the computer. Yeah, yeah you know, let's, let's be honest. That's probably the most typical problem is going to be a user error. So you didn't say what you didn't say what you were drinking, though. You just said it was stuff you didn't like, or that you weren't crazy um, about. You, you know what? I could tell you one of them was a Bridgeport, and the tap handle said something about it being a European knife. I was no, it was not the Australia. The tap handle said. Yeah. It had a number two or number three on it, uh, Bridgeport. And you know what? It was murky as shit. <laughs> and it was really a piss poor IPA. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. You know, it, the Australians aren't known for making great IPAs. This was not a great IPA. So, of course, there's an option. Hmm. Um, I hear you. That, I, think, I think that's one reason why we didn't like the on the spot number two. Yeah, exactly. Oh. You know, I mean, let's, let's make a Washington, Oregon IPA and call that good enough. Because, you know what? That's. I, I don't I don't need to make a nod to Australia when I'm making an IPA. You know, you want to make a Pilsner or something like that, fine. But no, a lager, you're going to make a nod to Australia and it's going to be a lager, you're, you're probably, you know, bang on. Let's, let's, not, let's not bother making it an IPA that is a nod to, uh, to, uh, 
the Northwestern, you know. So, yeah. uh, other than that, I had a firehouse IPA, and it was fairly tasty, but, uh, you know, let's be honest. Wasn't uh, firehouse as good isn't as that I, wasn't as good as anything I've drank, at, you know, out of Bellingham. Hmm. True so, enough. So, uh, and, and that's, you know, other than that, it's like, well, let's, you know. I'm going to go across the street. You know, there's that, that tap house. I think after this, we're going to go get some dinner. So I think maybe we do that tap house. Like, I know the tap house has, like, 150 taps. Yeah, you know you're bound to find a good beer. Unfortunately, the food there is not that great. The, the food there is really shitty. The atmosphere is even worse. <laughs> but out of 150. Hey, that sounds like, that's their new slogan. <laughs> out of 150 taps, you know, at least 10 of them are going to be good. And if I think, if I remember back to pack last year, there were 10 taps that were passable. <laughs> yeah. So if I want a good beer, I can walk across. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I'm probably going to go over to the Kitchen Palace or the Palace Kitchen, whatever it's called, yeah. and have some, some, some really good food. Um, outside of that, it's been, you know, it's either going to be that or I'm going to walk down to the poutine party. Uh, we made friends last year with uh, Joshua, and I noticed he had confirmed for the poutine party. So if he's going to go down there, I'm going to go down to the poutine the party. What? Too. The what party? What party? At the, uh, the uh, Hard Rock Hotel tonight, they're having a launch party for, I think it's a Fast Street or something. No, some game, but... I thought you, you know, said poutine. <laughs> yeah, I thought you said poutine party. I was thinking they're just going to no. drop poutine from the ceiling. I'm picturing like a bubble dancing. party, but with gravy and <laughs> exactly. fries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the, the production company that made the game is out of uh, EA Toronto, so and they're having the poutine party over at the, the Hard Rock Cafe. Oh, you I'm did say poutine party. Oh, okay. I awesome. Did, I did say poutine. So I'm hoping <laughs> to make awesome. it over to the Hard Rock and hit the poutine party, and then there's a donut party at Top Pop. We'll see what happens. Like like I said, a pack, I don't make any plans. I just go where, you know, my feet can find up. Poutine and donuts. You're in Canada, right? Is that where this is happening? This no, year? we're in Seattle. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, did you ever uh, figure out tickets for uh, the EAA party? Are they doing something on Saturday? They're doing all kinds of parties, but none of them require passes. It's a matter of being there first. It's going to be a problem for you and me because I'd rather have to pass stuff later. Mm. Yeah, I want the passes only party because that was really fun last year. EA party was just wonderful. Yeah. There was not yeah, a I lot think... of people in there. The drinks just flowed for free. Well, at... I just kind of forced my hand. At the but... EA party? You think that would be like a big. It, no, it was a big. It yeah. was. It, you would think it would be big, but it was just like this. It was in this uh, German bar, so they had like free sausages and shit like that. <laughs> and then uh, they gave you like what was it? Like three passes for a drink. Yeah, I think it was two, and I think we ended up finagling about five each. Uh, yeah, okay, no, I, I basically just said, you know, what can we do here? And the guy was like, Nah, don't worry about it. It's on EA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Um, you know, I haven't seen a lot of parties like this, that, like with the, with the passes this year. Like, they're trying to be more inclusive to the uh, the neighborhood so that people who are not at PAX, and which, you know, you know, I've, I've been on, on the Twitter, I've seen that there's actually been a lot of call-outs. People are a little upset going, well, how come you can get into this party without a PAX pass? You know, I mean, we're buying the PAX passes. You know, why, why not make it for PAX people only? Well, you know, they're trying to trying to fill up the house with it, as far as I can think of um, so I think tomorrow night we just kind of got to, you know, pick a party and, and show up early-ish. You know, I know tomorrow I'm pretty sure I'll end up at the Zelda party. It goes till 8 or 9, and then I'll meet up with you, and we'll, we'll do whatever 10 o'clock parties are out there. Yeah, I was kind of planning going, on going to the uh, uh, the D&D game that they're having at Ben and Royal because I went to that uh, – uh, the first year me and my wife went when Will Wheaton was there and, and a few other folks and the two. Yeah, uh, and normally, normally it's that's a great time. Right. Hmm. 
Normally that's in the afternoon, and they change it to a nighttime event. Um, yeah, well, they're doing so, an, they're doing an extended uh, version of it, so it's like a two right. or three hour version of it. Mm-hmm. So I think by the time that lets out, I'm going to be done with Zelda. We'll see if we hit something and uh, you know do the normal pack stuff. But at that point, my kids will go to the Zelda with me, and they can go back to the hotel. We squat, have fun, and then uh, catch an Uber or lift back to the hotel. We'll be all solid. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Are you cool. are, are you going to meet us in the morning? Uh, am I going to meet you? You're going to meet me. You're picking me up tomorrow. Yeah, okay, I just wanted to make sure that was happening, so. Yeah, I know when you, when you drop off your kid, yeah. Well, yeah, I got I, I gave you the itinerary, so. I, I don't know if it's podcast material, but yeah, that's the way it's rolling tomorrow. I'll, I'll see you in the morning. If I get out of here early enough, I'm going to go home. If I don't get out here, out of here early, and I suspect I'm not, as if I'm already enough drinks in, I want to go have some more drinks, uh, I'm not going to, you know. Oh, I, I was going to suggest morning. to you, sir. To uh, head over to uh, Elysian this afternoon and maybe pick up a growler so we can uh, uh, drink it uh, once we get there. Yeah, I think Elysian, I, I don't have a growler with me, and I think that's a little bit more walk that I'm going to do. And Who says point, you have to I'm walk? Be... They have Uber and Lyft. You should be fine. Yeah, yeah that's true. Hey, uh, yeah. Mike, before we, uh, I don't know how much longer you're going to be on here, but um, real quick, what was your, uh, we, just, we just talked about the movie and both of us gave it a beer, but uh, what, was your, what was your response to it? Oh, I, I would give it a beer. Um, I was actually kind of surprised you guys gave it a beer. I wasn't sure you were going to enjoy it. I mean, it's a fun little movie. You know, it's about guys who are car enthusiasts. Um, you know, I, I don't show it often, but I'm a bit of a car guy myself. Um, That's because you you're hanging out with us. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, if it's me, me and Miller hanging out, we sit and talk about cars pretty frequently. Huh. But, uh, you know... I, I really like, you know, what I, the opening of the movie, they talk about giving the soul to the car, you know. You can go out, you can buy a new car, it has no soul, take it on a road trip with your bros, man. This is a bro movie. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't and, mention it when I was talking about it, but that, that sort of struck me as funny that they had this kind of almost uh, mystical discussion at the start about, oh, cars have soul. And then later on in the movie, you see them basically running this car to, it, to into the ground. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, and it was genius. You That's what I liked about it. And I would agree I, that, that, that that objects like that have a soul. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and I think, you know, I really dug that aspect of the movie in that, you know, hanging out with your bros, this car becomes another member of the party. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, it's important as the dudes you're hanging out with, and it's it's providing all the fun. Hmm. It's hanging out with you. It's going on the trip. The only thing, the only thing I don't like. I was stoked. Like after watching this movie, I was going to do that road trip. I was like, well, do I got to get a motorcycle? I'm not picking the new car. The new car would be fun, but I don't want to trash the new car. So I was like, well, maybe I can go out and get one of these five hundred dollars Corollas, and we can do it. It'd be a ton of fun. But you know. Uh, a couple nights later, I ended up watching the latest from uh, Bobcat Goldways, uh, the uh, Willow Creek Sasquatch movie. I ain't going into the woods. <laughs> Nobody, uh, I want to see uh, that movie so bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That looks like a great <laughs> movie, by the way. I totally forgot that all these years, the reason I don't camp is because I don't want to run. No, you, you got to come with me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a good time, man. Yeah, well, you're going to have to let me forget about Sasquatch. You know what? I'll make you forget about that. Is your house. <laughs> I'll 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 rub your head until that. you forget about it, baby. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about but it. No, I, uh, I'll rub no, your all belly. Cars, all cars go to heaven. I thought was a great because it's so easy. You mean like they knew the correct running time? Like if this movie had gone an extra half an hour, fuck it. 
They did. They yeah. had the right, right, correct running time. It's a podcast crew, much like ourselves. Girls hanging out. Well. Cold car. They're they're having a lot of fun. I mean, really, they encompass guys' night out over the course of five days. <laughs> yeah, what, what and it, it's funny that you bring that up because I I actually turned it off about ten or fifteen minutes before it ended. Because they made it to Canada, and I was done. I didn't give a shit about their what their their thoughts or anything like that was. I just I could care less because all they're going to do is talk about the car, the adventure. It's yeah. and that's how yeah. that's what I've always thought. It's not the ending of the adventure. It's the the, no. the process of no. getting there. It's the journey. No. You, so you t- you turned off Lord of the Rings as soon as Frodo threw the ring into the, or as soon as the ring. Fell oh no! The- I had already read the books a couple of times. <laughs> I knew what was going to happen, and I was very disappointed because the best part of those books yeah. is the scouring of the Shire. Oh yeah, yeah, that is a, that's like a whole little book unto itself, like a little. Yeah, it should have yeah. been a movie, but yeah. that's okay. And, Peter and, Jackson. And you're it. you're exactly right. I mean, at that point, the movie's pretty much over and done with. All they do is drive the car back to their original owner and drop it off in front of his house, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, for you and me I, and for Rick, you know, the guys who appreciate something like a guy's night out, it's all about the journey, the destination, who gives a shit. Yeah. And you know what? That's what PAX is all about. It's about it's about the experience of being there. It's 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 really about that journey of 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 walking around and experiencing the other people. I mean, we come from a, a generation where uh, people like us were persecuted for just liking the things we liked and and being passionate about the things we were passionate about. And then to go and see sixty thousand people that are say the same way and not abashed or uh, unabashed actually about dressing up. Up as their favorite characters, whether it's anime, whether it's a video game, whether it's their movie, um, I've seen I've seen Spangler for crying out loud at these things, and so it, it, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful journey, and especially anybody our age or any age that goes to PAX would would certainly enjoy it if they're into uh, video games or movies or whatever they're into. So yeah, Jeff, Jeff, I love you, but I'm going to stop you right there. You know why? Because that's tomorrow's discussion after you've been here for a few hours. Let's pick that topic up tomorrow while you're here and after you've been home you know i always you know like you like i'm coming with my kids on sunday and i tell them hey it's like coming home man you know what you're not going to be ostracized you're going to fit in exactly what what it is you want so let's save that conversation for tomorrow after you've been here for a few hours and you come home Absolutely, absolutely. It is. It is. It is. It's essentially when I die, that's going to be my heaven. Is is packs? I mean, to be honest with you, yes. Those people are our people, no matter what the age. Remember the guys we hung out with last time? One of them was like in his thirties. The other one was in his twenties. And you, you, I was forty. You were in your thirties, and it was it was a good time for all of us. And we met. We met teenagers there. We, we I saw a grandfather or a grandmother with her grandson, and they were having a yeah. great time. It's a beautiful thing. Well, I don't know if you've seen my lanyard from earlier. I posted on Facebook. I want you know, one is, so bad. Tell me you got me something. Got a, they've got a huge section all about diversity, man. So uh, Rock let's and roll. save the rest of the conversation for tomorrow. We'll pick it up man, when you get down here. Absolutely. I can't wait, I can't wait to wear that pink lanyard at work because it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, that's uh, me signing out for Beer Plus 3. Rock and roll, baby. All right. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Jeff. And All I right. I love you, and we'll Rick, see you tomorrow, Rick, man. Rick down here.
you got to convert Rick. I don't know what Yeah, I know. About. Rick's a douche canoe. <laughs> yeah, I will whatever. remain one I have for the just time to, being. I, I think I've convinced him maybe to go next year and get his daughter uh, and son I'll some think tickets. about it. I'll think about it. No, he won't. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll, we'll see you tomorrow, Jeff. Rick, I love you. All right. Bye now. See ya. <laughs> right on. That was a good time. Well, that was uh, Mike Zamora live at PAX. So uh, please, uh, if you haven't been to PAX, you should probably go. Um, if uh, well, I don't know what else to say about it. I think we, I think he and I will talk about it tomorrow, yeah. and uh, we'll go from there. Um, yeah. Uh, I know we were in the midst of talking about Star Wars, and I would disagree that Star Wars is the oh, last time yeah. this has ever happened. Um, Lord of the Rings was a huge deal. That was, uh, I would... and, and people don't realize how big of a deal that was. Mm-hmm. And the next, uh, actually, maybe the next, maybe even before that, Spider Man. Spider Man was huge. It really, without Spider Man, um, yeah. we wouldn't have the movies we have right now. We wouldn't but... have the Marvel movies. And actually, going even further back to yeah. 1989, mm-hmm. Batman. The original Tim Burton's the same, Batman. Do you think those have the same? I think I think the person that we're, we're referencing an io9.com article where the person poses yes. the question: Will there ever be something like this, like Star Wars again? Those movies though didn't have quite the impact. I think across like Star Wars had this impact across the board with everybody, even people who were not geeks who were into not into science fiction. Exactly, like Lord everybody. of the Rings did that. Um, See, Spider Man did that. That's the one that I would say. Batman did that. Really? I don't think absolutely. I, you don't realize like Spider Man and Batman, Batman was. Yeah. Batman was not supposed to do shit yeah. in 1989. Yeah, it was not supposed to do a thing. Who was the, that? The, Which one was that? Uh, that was the Tim Burton, the original Tim Burton Batman. Oh, oh I hated that fucking. You movie. hated it, <laughs> but it, it was huge. I'm gonna take this fucking yeah, earbud out of my ear. Fuck I'm that shit. I do not want to hear that. <laughs> um, anyway, I got to wrap this up very soon. I got 15 minutes, so we're good. Yeah. But um, no, uh, Batman is one of those movies that did that. That really changed the landscape of movie making in our culture, in yeah. our country. And really changed. It, it was the beginning, I think. Uh, so while Star Wars was was the the, the infancy, it was the, 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 the spermazoa, like, Fertilizing that egg, yeah. uh, Batman was was the infancy, and then and it took a long time. It took a long time for uh, Spider Man to come out, and that was and all of these things have grown. Yeah. And to uh, really, to be honest with you, I would agree with you. Lord of the Rings yeah. was the big deal. That's to me the closest I think that um, because that seemed to have an appeal that went right across the board the, in the same way the Star Wars, the, at least the original yeah. Star Wars movie. I think Absolutely. by the time that brought, Empire Strikes Back came out and it sort of started, you could see it kind of weeding out some of the people who were not so into but it. But if you think about it, yeah, no, actually, Star Wars, did Star Wars come out before or after? No, I think it came out uh, after. It uh, was before, I'm sorry. Um, but I'm not even going to talk about that because I was fucking wrong. <laughs> We were but, completely um, wrong about the dates previously when we I, talked about this. Yeah, I know. We were so it was fucking 77, wrong. It was 80 77, 80 and 83. That's what 80 it was. and 83, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yep. But that's okay. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're talking about the cultural impact of, of these, these, I would say, geek movies. Yeah. Uh, it's Star Wars and Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings really brought um, fantasy to an audience that had never... Yeah taken it seriously and or had never really liked it before. Yeah. Without Lord of the Rings, we wouldn't have 
uh, Game of Thrones. We wouldn't have it. Sure. Yep. That would not exist in our lexicon right now. I mean, it wouldn't mind because I like that kind of thing. Yeah. But it just would not exist. Mm -hmm. And we would be lesser for it. Right. I think. So, yeah, I think and I'm, it also is generational, you have to remember. For us, that was a big thing. We were t children. Yeah. I was, what, five, six years old? Yeah. And you were probably seven, eight, nine years About old? eight, yeah. Probably yeah. eight. And, and to, to us, it was like, this person whoever made this knows me. <laughs> because this is exactly what we do in the schoolyard every day. We play yeah. pirates in space. Yeah. We play pirates in the sea. We play yeah. pirates fantasy. We we do magic. We yeah. do all these things on the playground, and all of a sudden, this boom just is in our face. The other yeah. thing that did it for me personally yeah. was the Rankin Bass, The Hobbit. I have that on DVD. In oh, the other I have room. it too. <laughs> um, but I got to see it in the theater. It was originally oh, no for uh, television. Wow. And uh, it came out in the theater yeah. about five years after. I think it was on television in like the 70s. Yeah. And uh, it came out in the theater in the early, early 80s, like right after, I think, uh, uh, Empire. Yeah. Like 81 or something like that. It came wow, out in the theaters. And, and my parents took me to see it. And yeah. from then on, yeah. my natural progression was like D&D. Uh, &D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After that, my natural progression went right there, which was a chagrin to my parents because they thought it was Satan worshiping. <laughs> but that was the 80s. Um, now they don't give a shit. They may, might as well be bridged to them now. Yeah. But, uh, but that to me, was it was like Star Wars. And uh, the Hobbit, yeah. And well, then a few and years the later, things, I read the book, of course. But the thing about you know that I would say is Lord of the Rings, as opposed to Batman or Spider Man, which I know I know both of those were big movies, but those were more the, like stepping stones. I would yeah, agree because um, both of those, uh, I some documentary. I don't know if it was one that was produced for the Star Wars DVDs or if it was somewhere else. Some some documentary I watched about Star Wars pointed out a really interesting fact, which was at the time Star Wars came out, um, movies were getting taking on a very very cynical tone. And like every movie you went to see was very dark and cynical, and just had this negative stuff to Wh say about which, humanity. Wh when is this? Sorry. Like nineteen seventy, you know, like mid seventies. That kind oh of yeah, thing. the seventies were great. It was for getting really because yeah, and I'm it, not even it, saying that the seventies changed cinema completely. Yeah. and, and we're, we'll never see the like again, yeah. not for a while at least. Yeah, and I'm not even saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that I somebody pointed out that. The just the onslaught of that from 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 movie theater or from movie theaters from movie production companies and and from Hollywood had just sort of worn people down and so when Star Wars came along it was like this wow it was like this bright eyed happy like colorful loud adventure like that just explodes off you know it's like people mm -hmm. were ready for that it was yeah. like we're so tired of the of the you know the cynical. You know, just yes, but you also have to remember during that time. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people don't realize how, and I think now that, of course, they do, since we've had several remakes. Yeah. And the current ones are fucking genius. But uh, how big Planet of the Apes was. The original came out in 1968. And oh, there, was, yeah. there was five or six movies that came out subsequently after that and a TV show. Yeah. So you don't know how big. That was as big as Star Wars. Right. But it wasn't as popular mm -hmm. as Star Wars. It was popular with uh, the younger crowd and the science fiction crowd, it's but at the like, same time, yeah. 
it it didn't have the impact yeah. that Star Wars had. It's kind of like Star Trek, where it came out, it scored big with its core, with like the people it was trying to talk to, and then over time, sort of started to build up. Yeah, it just kind of gnawed away. It, at yeah, the, it was the, like the it norms wouldn't, wouldn't go away, <laughs> and then people started discovering. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping Firefly is the next thing that does that. I'm hoping more and more people just keep discovering it until eventually they're like. Somebody's got to do more. It, it's funny about Firefly because I've uh, um, almost everybody that's watched Firefly has liked it. Yeah, oh, whether yeah. they liked it or loved it, no one I've known that has talked about Firefly has gone. That eh, was a piece of shit. <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. And if you are that person, please let us know. I would love to have you on this podcast because that would be interesting. I even showed it to my sixty-year-old parents. Yeah, and they loved it because it's not about the even if you're not like I, I haven't talked to Ann into watching it yet, but because um, she thinks it's going to be all geeky sci-fi stuff, and I'm, I'm no, like, no, it's not. I, you, that's that's the magic of this. You it's will, not. It will touch you in a in a place that uh, I'm is sorry, not quite, in a place, but quite it'll, appropriate. It'll touch you, yeah. It'll touch you appropriately. It'll it'll touch you in a place that that is that that really resonates with you. Yeah. It resonates with people because it is the writing is is all about the characters. It's about the yeah. people there. Yeah. It's not about the big spaceship or the big space yeah. battles. It's never about that. There's even a Wild West train robbery in the fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. but you know it's but um and that that is a good jumping off point to go back to the um what I was saying about you know how Star Wars came along at a time when when movies are getting kind of cynical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Lord of the Rings, the first movie, the first Lord of the Rings movie, benefited from that too. I think. That was early two thousands, right? Absolutely. That was, uh, I think, like two thousand one, two thousand three. Because things were getting really kind of. Actually, I think Lord of the Rings, the first one, came out when I was in Mexico, so it was. It must have been uh, yeah. uh, two thousand one. Okay, yeah. So that makes sense because even, you know, and I think it might have been even slightly worse than the mid seventies because people were really and and you just had had the new Star Wars movie come out. Which came well, out. If to... you think about it, we're coming right out of the '90s, which the '90s began with like Slacker and yeah, yeah. Uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. It began with a lot of this stuff, and it was yeah. the '90s was very artsy fartsy, and all the the really popular stuff was like Steven Soderbergh and, and just the most ridiculous yeah. over the top yeah. destruction movies or or uh, what is that movie the Alien Invasion movie the Fourth of July one oh the Independence, Independence Day. Day oh Jesus yeah, Christ yeah, yeah, yeah. which you have to love that movie I don't care but, what you but, say but you have to love that movie but what's interesting but at the same time it's uh, what the Mexicans call it a gringada yeah. uh, if the Americans are fighting uh, an impossible battle they're gonna win because they're <laughs> Americans so and and they call it they have a word for it it's gringadas. Those are movies that are Americans make that Americans always win in. Yeah. And and the 90s were fraught with that and then art movies like yeah. Quentin but, Tarantino. But even even like something that. like Independence Day which on the surface looks like a Star Wars kind of movie like cuz it's big, it's got these huge oh, production values, but underneath but Star Wars it's really very, doesn't hold up either. It's very but. it's very it has a very cynical core because it's all about destroying all of civilization. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not it's not like Lord of the Rings. You watch Lord of the Rings and you feel the whole time like you're just like or Star Wars, it feels like you're just being like floated away off into some magical world. Mm-hmm. Independence Day is about it's wow, escape. Check it out, the White House it's just not, got blown up. It's not shallow escapism. Yeah, like yeah. Independence Day is shallow escapism. Is yeah. it fun to watch? Absolutely. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what I like to call a popcorn movie. It's yeah. exactly what it's supposed to be. You're supposed to eat popcorn but it's and like, enjoy yourself. I would actually and I, I'd compare it to the Towering Inferno from the. From Absolutely, God, what a great movie! Oh, yeah, Poseidon Adventure. Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even better. Yeah. It's a, such a better movie. That's they, the best of all. They're those fun movies. and they're big spectacles, but mm-hmm. under, underneath, it's like it's a very dark kind of. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like 
That's really interesting. You know, I think I think Star Wars and Lord of the Rings both came out at exactly the right time. And that probably Absolutely. Is why I, Lord think, of the Rings I think did they that. really changed the landscape of movie making. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Star Wars and Lord of the Rings really changed uh, the technical aspect of filmmaking because they were both very, uh, yeah. uh, what do you call that, uh, uh, FX oriented. Right. Effects oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at the same time, you have them um, bringing <sighs> our culture yeah. I- into a realm, our general culture, not just the, the, the subset that it was aiming for. Yeah. Y- it brings them into something new. What's really funny is, uh, too, is that when you, when you have like the, 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 the first prequel came out. Before Lord of the Rings movie, and everybody, you know, everybody. I remember prequel. people. What talked, prequel? What are you the talking Phantom about? Menace. What? I don't. Star I don't know Wars. what that movie is. That's n- that's not a movie. <laughs> but no, people had talked about how Jar Jar Binks was the first all digital character. Yeah, and that was like a big deal. And then Never you had Lord of the Rings. Man? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first semi believable one, but. Um, <laughs> um, and then you had Lord of the Rings come out with. Um, well, I guess it wasn't Lord of the Rings. I guess it was the Two Towers. That came out and had the first all digital character that was actually a character where you forgot you were looking at a digital character with with Gollum, and that was like the first time somebody had really succeeded with it. And it's like Jar Jar succeeded on a technical level because he looked like he was really there and a real yeah. character, absolutely. But sort of failed a little bit in terms of we kind of don't want him to be there. <laughs> Actually, if you think about it, the uh, the technology then they yeah. used pretty much the same technology just a few years later. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm talking two years later or three years later. There really wasn't that big of a difference between that technology. I think it was just. It was, I think I think it was well, done much well, better with Gollum than it was. I think other. with with Jar Jar, they they left it mostly to the animators to to do what they wanted to do. And with Peter Jackson, decided that wasn't good enough, and he had. I don't know if you've ever watched any of the making of the Lord of the Rings. They actually they actually took the guy who did the voice and put him in this uh, this all white suit. So they could easily paint him out, and they and they hooked him up so that they could motion capture him. Yeah, so he's, what you he's see the king him of doing, right yeah. Now, by so the what way. you see him that's doing why in you the movie need to watch the new uh, Planet of the Apes movies because they're fucking yeah. genius. But that's probably why in Lord of the Rings and the Lord of the Rings movies that it looks so real when he's because he's acting it out. Yeah, because it is. It's just it's just getting motion capture. Maybe they do some enhancements to it at points, but you know it's more or less the real deal. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Absolutely. yeah, it's kind of. Kind of interesting, but yeah, I, we, I we, think we we love to look back and think that Star Wars was like this big fucking thing. Like baby boomers love to look back and think either the '60s or yeah, like the Woodstock was the big defining moment to yeah. the United States of America. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It was and it wasn't, but you know what? Other countries had their same Woodstock. They had the same things going on. Yeah, a lot of them did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we all are. Every generation has their little swan song in many different ways. Yeah. Um, I think uh, the generation before, like, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, like right after your daughter, mm-hmm. is going to have 9/11. That's going to be their big. Oh, it was a defining moment in the world's history. <laughs> really, it's a terrorist act, which thousands of terrorist acts have been done yeah. throughout the world, throughout time, throughout everything. They were happening. They happened in Mexico in the 60s. Mm-hmm. People were murdered in oh, the yeah. 60s in mass uh, during the Olympics because they were protesting. Oh, right, right. A government official made a bad decision, and it blew the fuck up in his face. And that it was a defining moment for that generation. Mm-hmm. 
but we all have these defining moments for our generation, quote unquote. It depends on your where you grew up and how you grew up and yada da da. But uh, your daughter's going to have it. My daughter's going to have it, and they're going to be two different events. And with films, same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people out there in their 30s that believe that Pulp Fiction is probably one of the quintessential films, which it did change cinema quite yeah. a bit, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, for us, it's it's a great movie. Don't get me wrong. I like that movie. I know you're not really fond of that movie. I, it was okay. I mean, yeah, I, exactly. I, I watched it and I thought... All right, I when did you watch that. it? Did you watch it well after the fact or I, during not the time? too long after? Right after, I think it came out on yeah. video, and so I, we watched it, and I thought, okay, that was it was fine. No, I enjoyed watching one. it; it kept my attention, but I didn't feel like, for me, it felt like I was I was I was left looking at the rest of the world, going, okay, what are you all freaking mm-hmm. out about? What's the big deal? It was a good movie; it kept my interest, but I'm not going to watch this again. Yeah. That's that was my reaction, and and one of the things that I have, and, and my uh, it just hit me in the beard. Um, <laughs> me and my wife watch a lot of uh, um, folks on YouTube, uh, movie reviewers and things. Whether they're uh, yeah. uh, movie reviewers like us that didn't really go to school for it, or <laughs> movie reviewers that did their entire dissertation and and got basically a master's in filmmaking, are doing these YouTube videos uh, reviewing movies. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, they all have valid points, but in the end, it's it's simply an opinion. Mm-hmm. And But it's funny to hear the younger generation and what their defining movies are. Yeah, Like, to me, a lot of their movies that they just absolutely think are just genius, I'm like, that wasn't that good. I've seen that movie before in 1978 <laughs> or in, in 1987. <laughs> I saw that movie before. Yeah. You know, and and they, maybe they didn't go back far enough, and that's that's one of my big things about movies. If you haven't watched the original of the movie you're watching, or haven't read the book of the movie you're watching, then can you really? Ju- you can certainly you're judge not. the movie itself, yeah. But the material that it's coming from, you cannot say whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, you're not talking about remakes, though. You're talking about like the the source, like films that inspired. Is that what you mean when you say watch? The I'm original? talking about all, pretty much the gambit. Exactly yeah. what you just mentioned. All of it, though. Okay. Like uh, uh, Planet of the Apes. Have you ever read the original story? No, I haven't. It's a fucking amazing, and it's yeah. only like a hundred pages long. I mean, it's just this short story, and it's completely different from all the films. Yeah. Um, but it's it it's absolutely gorgeous. In fact, the closest we've ever come to it mm-hmm. is actually the Tim Burton version, which was not very good. Um, uh, I'd say not very good because I actually enjoyed that version but uh, um, most people didn't Um, but nonetheless I love watching movies and a lot of our movies are based on movies of old because that's how directors and writers and whatnot get their inspiration they Mm -hmm. they pull upon their own life we wouldn't have uh, escaped to Echo or what Whatever the fuck it's called. We wouldn't even have uh, Transformers if it wasn't for E.T. If it wasn't for, uh, um, uh, oh. what was that old TV? Thunderbirds. Earth Remember that one? Ec- yeah. Earth to Echo. Earth to Echo. There you go. I cannot. I, I do, do not want to I see watched it. that movie. I mean, I watched the trailer. I, I can't really issue a, a real judgment of that film because I haven't seen it. But the trailer? I just keep looking at it and going, what? They're taking literally parts of E.T. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I literally, like bits and pieces of it and just redoing it as something else, you know. And Yeah, and, the, and the, you know what? That's fine for the new generation, but if people yeah. really want to find out about themselves and their culture and their history, mm-hmm. you have to go back in history. Yeah. Especially with film, especially with uh, with with anything like that, film, literature, mm-hmm. paintings. I mean, no, all of these artists are standing on the shoulders of giants. Mm-hmm. Well, even science, for crying out loud, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. You do get it, like every generation. You do you do tend to get one one or two people who sort of stand out or do something that just, you look at it and you think, wow, that didn't come from anybody else. That came yeah. from like um, the first time I watched Clerks. That was I think for me what really put Kevin Smith on the map. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I mean, and well, it was I mean, obviously obviously that put him on the map. Trying right I mean, to suck any dicks all the way through the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. But I remember watching that film, and that was the first time I thought, I thought, wow, somebody like in my age group actually made something that really, really resonated. And, and it, it did. Yeah, it was Absolutely. kind of an amazing, amazing Absolutely. moment. But um, um, but film is one of those things. Yeah, we need to wrap this up, I and think so. uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, hey, uh, this is Beer Plus Three. We'll see you tomorrow at PAX, and uh, I'm out. Same here. Bye-bye. Wait just a second, guys. I can't do my usual outro. I'm right in the middle of the best game of Pac-Man I've ever played. I've almost reached my best score ever. Just let me. Shit. Beer Plus 3 featured Jeff Swatman, Michael Zamora, and Rick Anderson. Please subscribe so you won't miss out on future alcohol-fueled antics. You can find Beer Plus 3 on iTunes, SoundCloud.com, Stitcher, and anywhere else finer podcasts are sold. Also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us at beerplus3 at gmail.com. Good night. Testing. But I might not talk like that. There we go. Yep, it's perfect. All right. So I can just start anytime? Yep. And then you can cut all this shit off? Yeah. Awesome.